Hello everyone and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Each week I'll review one entry in the bibliography of Stephen King in the chronological order of publication. And guys, just so you know, um, where I'm recording this right now, I'm recording this from uh, the living room and the dogs are with me uh, tonight um, as I record. So you will definitely hear them. I'm sure you hear one of them right now. Um, she is uh, very excited. I'm spending some time with her tonight as I record. She's excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. Um, we're all excited to be here. We're all excited to be Stephen King fans. Hey, everyone. What's going on? Um, I hope that whenever you are listening to this episode, whether it be morning, afternoon, day, night, um, I hope that this time is, is treating you well and you're feeling good and you are buckling in for my review of... Dolan's Cadillac. So as I was reading or rereading uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes, as you'll know, last week I discussed the fact that I really enjoyed the short story Dolan's Cadillac. It's something that I was maybe too young to, to, to truly sink my teeth into when I was uh, a kid when the, the, the book was first published. But something that I responded to uh, very keenly as an adult. Um, I, 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 and this was a, definitely a, a highlight of the entire Stephen King cast experience for me to, to get to this particular short story and connect with one that I, I had met a long time ago but didn't really feel for. So on the second time around, it was something that I loved. So I was, I was very interested in giving the movie a chance. And uh, while I didn't respond exactly the same way uh, to the movie as I did the book, um, I will say this. It was memorable, that's for sure. So, guys, just so you know, this episode is going to be uh, pretty bare bones. I'm not uh, doing any iTunes reviews. I don't have any emails to read right now. So I'm going to just get right into it. There's no news um, or anything. I'm just going to just fill you up with Dolan's Cadillac, the movie. So starting um, with the Wikipedia summary... Um, Wikipedia writes, middle school history teacher Tom Robinson lives in Las Vegas with beloved wife Elizabeth. On a horse riding trip um, out in the desert one day, Elizabeth comes across a human trafficking deal gone bad with gangster Jimmy Dolan executing the two coyotes and one of the illegal aliens. Elizabeth is seen, however, and narrowly escapes Dolan's thugs firing at her. She drops her phone, which the thugs find and use to identify her. Soon afterwards, a corpse with its lips shown shut, sewn shut is left in Elizabeth's home, a threat to keep silent. The Robinsons go to the authorities, and an official admits them into the witness protection program. Not long later, Elizabeth wakes up during the night as she needs to vomit, which she takes as a positive sign that she is pregnant. Believing her dream has come true, she gets excited and rushes out of their hotel to buy a pregnancy test, Tom following after her. When she tries to start their car, it explodes in front of Tom, killing Elizabeth. Devastated, Tom begins drinking and eventually decides to seek revenge against Dolan. He purchases a handgun, a massive Smith & Wesson Model 500, and follows Dolan around town, eventually going after him one night. But before he can take the shot, a rival business of Dolan pulls a drive-by, which fails because Dolan's Cadillac is revealed to be bulletproof. Robinson continues to follow Dolan, who soon notices and learns his identity. The two meet at a rest stop in the Nevada desert, ending with a confrontation in which Dolan allows Robinson to live, albeit beaten up, believing life to be more painful for Robinson than death. Undeterred, 
Robinson gets a job with a construction crew working on the roads Dolan often travels. After strenuous preparation, Robinson sets his trap, a giant hole deep in the road, large enough to trap a car, but not so large as to allow Dolan to escape by opening the doors. When Dolan's car falls into the hole, the driver is killed and another passenger is injured. Dolan shoots him out of annoyance, both his legs were broken, and he constantly screamed in agony. Once Dolan has been trapped, Robinson makes his presence known, telling Dolan that he is a motorist who witnessed what had happened. Dolan, however, eventually realizes that the motorist is in fact Robinson and begins to beg Robinson to let him go. Robinson begins to fill up the hole with dirt, continuing to taunt Dolan with possibilities of his escape, none of which come to fruition. The official from the Witness Protection Program soon calls Robinson to tell him that Dolan had been on his way to a major transaction involving child sex trafficking, a crime that would have destroyed Dolan. Robinson does not care, however, and finishes filling the hole up. Robinson lays concrete blocks over the Cadillac while Dolan screams from within the hole. The official calls back and tells Robinson they now have enough for a conviction. Robinson drops the phone and laughs maniacally. Review. So we get um, just, you know, a nice establishing shot of the desert. It starts off very nice. It's very beautiful. We get the establishing shot of the road, you know, and credits roll over the pavement. And then we get Wes Bentley um, providing narration that plays out over the road. And, um, well, I'm just going to play it for you. He looks like anybody you see on the street. When he grins, birds fall off telephone lines. When he looks at you a certain way, your prostate goes bad and your urine burns. The grass yellows up and dies where he spits. He's always outside. He came out of time. He has the name of a thousand demons. He can call the wolves and live in with the crows. Well, that took me by surprise. Um, I don't know if any of you guys expected that, but that's something that I definitely recognize. Did you recognize that? Um, Yeah, I mean, I definitely did. This Dolan's Cadillac is based off a Stephen King story, after all. Um, It's just that the short story that we are are watching is Dolan's Cadillac. Um, And if what we just listened to um, was based off of Dolan's Cadillac, then that would make sense. And I understand why you would say that, except this, what we just listened to, is not taken from Dolan's Cadillac. This bit of dialogue provided by Wes Bentley was actually taken from the stand when King first introduced us not to Dolan, but to Randall Flagg, the trickster figure that pops up throughout his works most recently in, spoiler alert, Wendy's Button Box. This was a fun little surprise for Stephen King fans. What does it mean? Does it mean that Christian Slater is playing The Walking Dude? No, I, I wouldn't interpret it that way, but it's a, it's a fun use of appropriation of another Stephen King text to establish the menace of this character, um, especially because so much of Dolan is wrapped up uh, in, in Las Vegas. So that, that's fun. Um, we then cut to Wes, I could have been Batman Bentley, and his wife as the two most boring elementary school teachers. After Wes Bentley teaches his students about how the immigrants built the railroad, it cuts to current-day immigrants in the back of a van. The van pulls over, and we meet Dolan himself, played by Christian Slater. Wes Bentley's wife happens to spot this, along with the execution of the drivers, and as one immigrant runs towards Elizabeth, uh, Dolan spots her too. 
and look, guys, it's it's not like she's, uh, <laughs> you know, hard to find here. She's literally just resting atop her horse on top of the ridge rather than turning and fleeing immediately. She just stays there. You know, it, it just looks like she's waiting to be caught. And to solidify that point, she conveniently drops her cell phone so they can find it and ultimately track her down. When Elizabeth and Tom speak to the sheriff, he waves this off dismissively. He doesn't have time for illegal border hoppers. Tom, the car expert, presses him on the custom Cadillac SUV and how rare a car like that must be, which is an absurd thing to say. I, I'm Look, I'm not a car expert by any means, um, and apparently miles away from Tom um, and, a mile, and, and Elizabeth's car identification abilities, but in the heat of the moment, when she can't even function enough to turn her horse and ride away, do you really think that she's going to have time to acknowledge that the SUV is not only a Cadillac, but a custom-built Cadillac? The owner of the Cadillac, meanwhile, uh, has an interesting conversation with his right-hand man about their actions today. And despite the murder he committed, he seems to be able to both acknowledge his actions while excuse himself. It's actually a good conversation about the failings of the system and how it's proof of the works, uh, the worst aspects of humanity. Now, when I, as soon as this happened, I was surprised at this scene. I did not expect it, um, and it was definitely a highlight with what the the, the movie was establishing itself to be, um, and it provided some nice shading to Sl to Slater's character. Back at home, Tom and Elizabeth find the dead girl in their bed. Uh, with her lips sewn shut and a warning finger over her mouth. Now, this was a very nice visual threat. And again, like the conversation I just mentioned, I, I did not expect this. Um, and with the music cue that plays, it's an effective punch. At the FBI offices, an agent provides Tom and Elizabeth and us an explanation about what she saw in the desert and what type of man Dolan is. Tom and Elizabeth have a philosophical argument about their next steps, which will set up Tom's revenge. When she says, wouldn't you want someone to stand up for me if I died? Well, he will. They agree to their trial, and they begin their time in the hotel room. In the middle of one night, she leaves the hotel to buy a pregnancy test and dramatically blows up her car as Wes Bentley sluggishly attempts to stop her. I, 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 guys, guys, I, I don't know what is going on with Wes Bentley. He is reading every line like he just woke up from a deep nap. Um... And after she dies, he starts taking pills and drinks a lot. So that explains the flat affect after she's dead. But I don't know what the excuse is for the first part of this movie. If he wasn't in the Oscar award-winning American Beauty, you'd think he was just some third-rate hack they pulled in off the street. At least Christian Slater is hamming it up and giving it some life. Wes Bentley is reading the script like he just learned to read a week before. It, it's really strange. We get a montage of Tom drinking and shooting and preparing for revenge. And again, we get the Randall Flagg description from the top of the film. Just as Tom is about to kill Dolan in the strangely deserted Vegas streets, the Chinese mob comes rolling in to do the job for him. With his opportunity missed, he retreats and refocuses while his dead wife repeats the mantra that sums up my viewing experience for this movie. You will wait and you watch. You watch and you wait. So he starts trailing him on the drive through the desert, closely, so closely he almost rear-ends him from sheer buffoonery. On a magic dashboard console, guys, you gotta see this. You gotta watch the movie just to see this thing. Dolan's right-hand man punches in Tom's license plate, which brings up his identity. So Tom escapes, but not for long. He relieves himself in a nearby bathroom, and he's interrupted by Dolan and his right-hand man. Dolan gets to chew the scenery by giving a monologue about science. He says this. 
In his experimental laws of impacts, Sir Isaac Newton describes something called the arc of descent. It's about kinetics, mass, velocity, the inertia of falling persons and things. Once a descending object acquires certain momentum, it continues on a downward parabolic curve to eventually impact with an immovable object at the nadir, the bottom, thereby consuming the arc of descent. This is just the warm-up for the beatdown that Wentz Bentley gets. This concludes with a conversation between Dolan and Tom. And again, I gotta say, like, the Christian Slater stuff is really good. He provides some nice insight on the meaning of life. He says, They say the day you die is just like any other day, only shorter. The meaning of life is that it stops. That's what makes it so precious, right? So if I kill you in a weird way, I'm giving you that gift. Now, moments like this and what I had just read before show me that the screenwriter has a knack for dialogue. It, it, it packs enough punch to make the scene memorable. It certainly stands above the rest of the scene um, in this movie, so it makes me wonder what went wrong with the rest of this film. Despite the gift provided by Dolan, Tom doesn't seem very appreciative. Back in class, he has one of those... Wacky Stephen King teacher moments, the kind that we've seen and Sometimes They've Come Back and Sleepwalkers, except this time it's with Wes Bentley pushing all of his stuff off his desk into a trash can, where he apparently had also placed his acting talents for this performance. During a midday bender, he gets an interruption by his FBI buddy who brings him out to a mass grave site in the desert filled with Dolan's victims. Tom's detachment here is supposed to be shocking to the FBI agent and to us, I guess. But, I mean, his level of detachment is no different than how it was before his beating, after his wife's death, before her death, before their hotel stay, or after they discovered the body. Like, simply put, it's the same flat note he's been playing for the entire movie. He heads out to find work, and he has to prove himself on the highway. If I remember correctly... King detailed the physical transformation of his dedication as well as the toll it takes on his body. Instead, we get a, a, a Wes Bentley arts and craft montage that gets so intense he winds up stabbing an art canvas with his paintbrush. You know, it's a real moving moment, guys. It's so moving. We immediately get another montage in which he trains like Rocky through the construction site and screams at his hands for dramatic effect. It's a real moving moment, guys. Remember in Seinfeld when Elaine yada yada through the best part? She mentioned the bisque. That happens here when all of the work and tension around whether or not Tom would be able to pull off his master plan would work. The planning of the plan, the implementation of the plan, and the conclusion of the plan all happen in the span of a couple of minutes. And then once Dolan is in the ground, it turns into a comedy with Wes Bentley turning into a jokester. It's the, it's the first time he's demonstrated any sort of emotion other than the acting equivalent of two-day-old stale plain Dunkin' Donuts. And it's wildly inappropriate for this character who has been emotionally tortured by this man who has ripped everything away from him. After obsessing how to kill him, he turns into a, talking, uh, a taunting jokester figure, one unrecognizable from the man he had been. Also, if he has a tractor to push dirt on top of the car, why is he using a shovel? Especially because he runs the risk of anyone showing up at that moment. You just gotta get the job done. But the constant back and forth between the two men gives us the most ridiculous moment of the movie. Wes Bentley's nearly unintelligible wailing about the measure of a scream preceded by a ludicrous prompt by Christian Slater. 
no way for me to measure how loud I have to scream. Get ready for it, guys. Get ready to give Wes Bentley that Oscar statue. That's a good point. After that performance, it should just smash cut to the credits. I mean, you can't top that. Uh, but despite this, you know, the movie refuses to end. Bentley gets a call from his FBI buddy who, in a dramatic turn, tells our hero that they have enough to put Dolan away. But too bad, because Dolan is in the ground. But still, the movie won't end! Because at that moment, Dolan finds the Deus Ex escape hatch. Yes, there is a literal escape hatch in his Cadillac. And the ridiculous image of him popping up from the roof like a whack-a-mole to shoot Robinson is bested only by the fact that Wes Bentley avoids death by blocking the bullets with a shovel. <laughs> it finally concludes with Robinson laying over Dolan's grave laughing maniacally. Final thoughts. So here's my, here is, you know, I haven't even been talking about this movie for even a half an hour yet. But, um, I mean, I guess my thought is is that Christian Slater is a highlight of this movie. I mean, he gives a very fun performance. You know, it, it is clear, it's campy. you got to acknowledge that. It's campy, it's chewy, it, I mean, it's over-the-top sleazy. Um, at times, I wonder if he's making fun of it. Um, but at its core, there's a, a genuineness to the, the craft and to his abilities as an actor. You know, even the worst criticism of Christian Slater is that he's a Jack Nicholson light uh, kind of ripoff. Um, you know, I mean, as a criticism, that's not a bad thing. Um, you know, if you think about it, I mean, Jack Nicholson has a ton of charisma. And if he is like Jack Nicholson, but less than Jack Nicholson, that's still a compliment. Um, you know, so it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, if he wasn't in this movie, I, I don't know if it would be watchable from his ridiculous monologues to his conflict of whether or not to peddle kids he just crackles when he's on the screen he does not and i need to establish this i mean i should have said it right at the top but he does not live up to that randall flag quote that follows him throughout the movie but that's not his fault or the fault of the character it's the fault of the writer for including a description that does not entirely fit with what the character is and that's really all i have to say i mean Wes Bentley, who has proven himself, hasn't he, to be a good actor? Um, I, I don't know. Th th was this just a paycheck? Was he phoning in for a friend? I don't know. But this performance is bad. It's embarrassingly bad. Uh, so ultimately, do I recommend Dolan's Cadillac? I do. I do for watching Wes Bentley sleepwalk his way through this movie and for Christian Slater chewing it up. But uh, these are just parts of a whole um, and, and they don't add up to a, a whole worth watching. They just 
add up to they're just the parts worth watching for completely different reasons so this was an interesting experience for me um, so I'm sorry guys I know it's not the longest episode but I still wanted to, to take some time and, and record my thoughts on Dolan's Cadillac so here you go guys here's all my thoughts on Dolan's Cadillac so guys next week what I'm going to do I am going to turn my attention uh, back to the short stories themselves specifically I am going to uh, review all the short stories I didn't get around to the first time when I reviewed Everything's Eventual so um, I'm excited to, to dip back into the, the early 2000s uh, set of stories there. So, alright guys, may you have long days and pleasant nights, and I will see you here next time where M-O-O-N spells Stephen King.